You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about shedding limiting labels and beliefs so that you can live more of your true self, reach your potential, and enjoy life full out. Um, today, I'm doing a little bit different thing on the podcast, and this is because I've been thinking a lot about change and transition, haven't we all? You know, the past year, 18 months, um, has presented us many opportunities to reimagine what we think is possible, um, to let go of things we thought were essential that we had to have, and to have hopefully the time to decide how we want our lives to unfold and be intentional about what we put back in our lives as our communities, our neighborhoods, um, and our offices and businesses are opening up. Now, depending on where you live in this country or the world, each of our um, experiences may be very different. Consider some of these things. So my, I think a lot about what I'm doing and being specific and intentional about it. And it isn't necessarily easy to do because sometimes it puts you making hard choices and saying no to something so that you can have um, a better experience, a better daily experience, a better family experience, a better business experience, depending upon where your focus is. As I'm going through this, and I'm going to do another podcast um, next week as well that digs into this a little bit more, I realize that there are a lot of us going through transition right now. Now, some of it's been forced on us, um, or we may perceive it's been forced on us, but I actually think we have a choice to either grumble and be cranky about what's happening, or to look at the world around us and think, what does this make possible for me, for my family, for my community? How can I contribute? And then how do I want to show up? So anyway, I've been doing a lot of that myself, but I wanted to also turn the tables and share with you an interview was done with me on another podcast, The Art of Feminine Marketing with Julie Fouch, who is the podcast host. And, you know, I had interviewed Julie months and months ago, and I found that my connection with her, it actually helped me shift some thinking I had. And I and had not gone into the interview with that intent, right? I went to learn about her, to share her with you. Um, and she had some great stories, but there was a couple of things and you'll hear them in the interview. It kind of lit a little fire in me to do a little more digging. So Julie asks, and we talk about more specifically, 
the value that comes from listening to your innermost authentic self, and then how to let go of the need for everything in your life, especially work life, to be perfect. And then what we can gain when we take opportunities that frankly kind of scare us a little bit. So I wanted to um, introduce this interview of me with Julie. I encourage you to check out her podcast also, and we'll have links to that in the show notes. With that, enjoy. This is the Art of Feminine Marketing podcast, where we explore how soul-fueled women entrepreneurs are creating six- and seven-figure businesses in a way that aligns with their feminine essence and their natural genius. So if you're tired of marketing formulas and gurus that make you feel like you're stuffing your soul into a box that's way too small, this is the place for you. Hello and welcome. This is Julie Fouch. And I'm the founder of The Art of Feminine Marketing. Today, my guest has promised that we are going to have some fun. So really excited. We're talking today with Sarah Box. Sarah is the CEO and Chief Vision Sherpa at Sarah Box LLC. She provides one-on-one coaching services for high-achieving, motivated professionals wanting to grow personally and professionally. She works with teams and organizations to build capacity, sustainability, and achieve tangible results. As a former nonprofit executive director and former partner in a consulting firm, Sarah brings more than 30 years of professional and volunteer experience working with the corporate nonprofit and government sectors. She's served as a crisis line volunteer, victim advocate, board member, and volunteer training coordinator. She was honored with the National Governors Association Award for Distinguished Service to the Government. And she became a best-selling author, Changemaker Ripple Effect, in 2016. She's the creator and host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. And in 2020, she launched the International Nonprofit Leaders Community Membership, where she helps nonprofit executives who are overextended at work, well, profit executives who are overextended at work, well, I think me or most of them are overextended at work and at home by showing them how to rein, regain time, rein in their natural abilities, reduce stress, and lead strategically so they can live a life they love at work and home. She believes that we are capable of more than we imagine. So she and I are on the same page there. Sarah's committed to growing and living life with no labels, no limits, and no excuses. Welcome, Sarah. Hey, thanks, Julie. I am looking forward to chatting with you and having some fun. So thanks for putting that front and center. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was honored to be on your podcast a while ago, and we had a lot of fun. <laughs> so we did, and you know that it. was pivotal for me in a number of ways. Oh, to hear. Well, it was interesting, and I this is my memory. Remember, it was you, clearly, and we were talking about how you had shifted your mindset and about your income and all of that. But what it really struck me was your willingness to be really open about your connection to your source or spirit or and this is where i'm using my words not your words 
but just your authenticness about that and stepping into that. And I thought, oh man, she threw down the gauntlet, Sarah, you better step into yourself more fully. But, uh, and it may have seemed like an offhanded comment that you made, but for me, it clicked something that's, you know how things will sit dormant for a while. And then all of a sudden you're going, hello, over here, pay attention to me. That's what chatting with you did for me. So it was it was a really great conversation for the listeners. I know that because you offered so much value. But for me as a host, it was also, um, it was pivotal in its own way. And I so I want to thank you for that. When I feel that's one of the great things about doing the podcast too. Absolutely. I agree with you. And, and thank you for giving me that feedback. I really appreciate it. The that piece about being really authentically who you are and stepping into the parts of you that you think are not going to be acceptable or not going to be um, approved of or or the things that are going to crash your business. That's the part that is really the magic. And so I'm really happy that you've taken that to the next step. And I know that you already were there. But I'd love to hear what are some changes you've made to become more authentic, you claiming. <laughs> well, it's interesting. So it's interesting to me, right? We all think what's interesting is what's interesting to us because it's it's a discovery and an unfold. But what I think has been more helped me be more authentic. And then that's one of those words that I have a love-hate relationship with because it is bandied about so much like oh be your authentic self and i'm thinking well of course when we're not authentic we're not always aware that we're not authentic because we're doing ourselves the way we know how to do ourselves at the moment but what happens in sin was i started to listen more closely to what i wanted to do in each in each moment you know paying more attention to that and also and for the listeners, I don't know if you're familiar with like the world of podcasting and getting guests and all of that, but my guests now, for the most part, come to me. And in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, my online business manager and I were looking at our lineup because I've got a bunch of things recorded and folks wanted to be on the show. And I said, have you noticed a show? And I said, have you noticed a trend in who's wanting to be on the show? And she goes, <laughs> Yes, I have. And I said, don't you find that interesting? She goes, you mean that it's really a lot more connected to self and source and spirit? And I said, that's pretty much what I'm meaning. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I watched some of those things, but also changing what I'm, um, you know, I've turned away business, which seems counterintuitive in this time, but I really did get clear about what matters to me and where I can add value and don't feel apologetic when I can't add value. It's not because I'm not good. It's just that I'm not the best person for that person or organization. So I did start applying my, will this be fun? Will this person enjoy working with me as well as me enjoy working with them? And will we be able to create something beneficial that goes beyond just the working relationship or the coaching relationship? And I'm curious about applying those and being honest with folks when they say, well, I want you to do this project. I says, you know, I'm, I'm working remote right now. And um, no, I won't be on in person because I'm going to be traveling or whatever. But I've just been much more free in set, setting those. Um, I don't want to call them boundaries, just being more clear about who I am so people know how I show up and that when I work with them, 
they've got 100% of my attention. But because of that, I'm not working with 100% of the people who ask, you know, and I don't know if that makes sense. But those little things have just become easier for me to do. Um, And I've had to push through all that fear, like like you mentioned, what will happen to my business? What will people think? And finally, I thought, well, at the end of the day, you have to account for yourself. So (laughs) you've got to wake up and look at yourself in the mirror. And if you go, oh, man, what are you doing with your life? And who are you forfeiting, i.e. family or health, i.e. family or health? Um, Then if I can't look at myself and feel proud of how I'm showing up for myself and my family and my clients, then it's not serving anybody. So that's a long answer to a short question. (laughs) I love it. I love you gave us some questions to ask. And everybody needs to have their set of questions. I love, is it fun? (laughs) Is this going to be fun or is it going to be like pulling teeth? Can I truly be of service? And that's a question that I also will ask. Am I the right person to serve this person is a question I always ask. And I will stop in the middle of an enrollment conversation and say, all right, I need to check in with source. And I pause and I check in. And I get the yes or no. And if it's a yes, then I go, okay, I can help you. And if it's a no, I say, I love having that rule of checking in. Am I the right person? And then just know what your boundaries are. Are you willing to travel? Are you willing to be in person? Are you going to work virtually? And when you know all of that, and you can answer with confidence, you sound like your professional right? Instead of, oh, maybe let me think about it. What could I do for you? I really need this work. Please, 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 right? You don't want to go down that road. You want to be like, this is how I work. This is the best thing. Here's how we're going to do it. And that gives you a level of confidence. It does. And I've also taken off the need to have everything be perfect. And, you know, I spent a long time in the corporate sector until, you know, the last couple of years where every, I mean, everything needed to be buttoned up and tight and perfect, right? And otherwise it was a letdown. And then I realized that we, and then I realized that we put that on ourselves. And sometimes it's the fallout the clients feel, then they have to be perfect too. And I always think it's great to strive to be better than you were and be as, be the best you can be, right? I'm not saying be lazy, But also when there's such a high bar, it can be a barrier to trying something and just saying, hey, and now my favorite word for people says, well, I don't know if I can do this. Just pilot it. Give it (laughs) two months. See what you think. Pilots aren't, you know, do a hypothesis. You're not supposed to succeed. You're supposed to learn. So um, it just takes pressure off so that you can have some, um, you can learn and apply what you're learning and then just be easy with it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, talk a little bit about the work you do now for a living, because I want people to know exactly what it is you're doing. Um, what I do is I is I coach generally women, not exclusively women, but I coach folks in getting really clear about what it is they want to do, which is fine when you say I coach and you're getting clarity. But the real trick of it, I think, Julie, and what I'm able to do, and I'm starting to see that it's kind of unique, is someone can tell me a whole story about what they want to do. 
And then from that, I can actually distill, I hear a sub story under it, like, yeah, but what is it you're really wanting that you're not saying? You know, and so often I'll just repeat back or um, reflect and say, but so I'm getting that this is what you want. Yeah, that's really what I want to do. And then it's like, okay, well, we're not talking about that. So let's talk about that and then help them unpack kind of the the labels, the limits, the excuses, you know, the barriers that they've erected or others have erected for them that make it seem daunting for them, that make it seem daunting to go forward. And that's why I like to be a chief vision Sherpa is I like to walk with someone along their path, hand them a tool when they need it, know that I've got their back, but basically they got to do the walk. You know, they need yeah. to do their own work so that they can own their own successes. And and that I had that same approach in consulting as well. I just started working with a new group, not a new group, a new project with a changing group yesterday. But I, he said, well, I need a proposal and we need a scope of work. And I said, I need to meet with your the people who are going to be the key determinants, mm-hmm. whether this project succeeds or not. So he sets up this meeting and I'm thinking 10 minutes into the meeting, it's a definite go. These guys are great. They like each other. They're willing to roll up their sleeves so that it's that whole piece of saying, I can help him not need me in the future, right? My, my yes. goal is to do the work with the future. It's for something else. He does not need me in the future for the same thing. Yes, that's beautiful. Have you always wanted to do this kind of work? I didn't even know this kind of work existed. You know, (laughs) I've always wanted to help connect people to what they wanted, like their dreams, or if they said, hey, I'd really like to do this. My wheels start turning immediately, like, oh, yeah, how could that happen? Hmm, I wonder. So I start kind of processing that way. But I just remember, might have been in the seventh grade, maybe early high school, when someone said, what do you want to do? I thought, I want to have an old bus and drive around the country and bring (laughs) teenagers. And none of this stuff would be legal, right? I'm thinking about it, like bring teenagers. At the time, I didn't think about supervision or anything. Like, (laughs) Just show them all these different places in the country. Let them think about what's possible for them. (laughs) You know, but it's all that thing of like, what's possible? What might be new? But it's all that thing of like, what's possible? What might be new or different for you? So I've always wanted to have that piece. But there was a time with when what I wanted to do was be a circus clown. So. Oh, you know, and my mom said, go ahead and you can, you know, because Ringling Brother, um, you'd have additions and tryouts. She goes, well, go ahead. I'm thinking, uh, OK, but what if I get accepted? She goes, cross that bridge when we get to it. So anyway, I thought I could be a clown or a unicyclist. So Perfect. I'm not that funny or, you know, that um, flexible as a, uh acrobat <laughs> kind of person. I could run a unicycle, but. I wasn't sure I could make a living doing it. So I passed on being a circus clown. One summer when I was, oh my gosh, eight, nine, ten, 10, um, the neighborhood kids and I, and we lived in a tiny, tiny town. So, you know, the ones that I could wrangle, there were some that, well, there were some that were not wrangleable. Wrangleable? Anyway. Let's make it a word. I make up words all the time. Drives my husband crazy. We did a circus and we probably performed our circus three or four times. We put a big mane on the dog and made him, he was a big Malamute. He couldn't jump, but he would walk through the hula hoop, you know, we'd be like, yay. 
<laughs> we set up a tight rope from the tree to the front porch. But our best trick was we a fishing line. We had one of those big snakes, stuffed snakes from the um, fair, and we would reel it up. We tied a fishing line to it window with the fishing pole reeling the snake up so it looked like it just came out of the basket by itself and <laughs> it's so much fun of course for me I loved producing those kinds of things but everyone who came to watch had to pay me <laughs> and I so like me, it oh you were an entrepreneur from the world I was go. yeah I was always like oh come to my puppet show and pay me for it <laughs> I have a I had a lemonade stand when I was like five. Put yourself out there. I, one of my, I mean, I've always worked since being pretty young, like 11 or 12, I got a job under the table with this private business guy. But I remember my boyfriend and I in seventh grade, I don't know why we thought this was a good idea. I may have, or why his parents thought I was a bad influence. This might've been part of it. But um, we didn't live that close. We lived at two or three miles from each other. But he decided he was going to make um, apple beer in his bedroom closet, you know, and, you know, you know, you get the instructions that there wasn't the internet then. But then, of course, I'm thinking, well, we're not going to drink it. It doesn't taste that good. Hey, maybe we could sell it to the high school kids. <laughs> and I had a brother in high school. I knew he could like sell it for us. Six bottles up and on our way to where I was going to sell it to the third party. My, my brother could be the broker. <laughs> I didn't care. Um, we dropped and broke them. And so we drank part of one. It was really terrible. But I thought, okay, what does this say about me? And later, years later, I thought, no wonder his mom and dad were a little bit worried about the influence. <laughs> but yes. um, it, but it's fun to think of stuff and what could you do with it. And Yeah, absolutely. That's all about you being a visionary and saying, all right, we did this thing. Now what? What do we want to do with it? And what's your vision? What's my vision? Yeah. What What's your vision for your? Well, for my my work vision is I really do believe that um, we are really much more capable than we give ourselves credit for. So my vision is that each person whose life I touch, life I touch, whether directly in a you know, a paid arrangement or through a podcast, a spark happens in them and they try something that they were nervous or scared about trying and give themselves permission just to learn from it. Um, because once you start doing those little things, they don't seem like a big deal at all anymore. The nervousness goes away and you just go, oh, wasn't that interesting? And then you're trying something else. So my vision is to help unleash all of the greatness in anybody I come into contact with known or unknown so that, you know, we can actually just improve the existence for everybody. And I know that's kind of a huge Pollyanna size vision, but I think it's possible if we all hold to the highest and best for everybody concerned. I think we all need that Pollyanna vision. You know, I, I just think, think, that because I've got a pretty big mission vision as well for my business. But if we all and if we all hold each other in this highest version of who we can be, you know, we reach for the stars, maybe we'll land on the moon. Well, and you when know. we hold others in that esteem, it allows space for them to actually be in it. Yes. 
and ourselves. Isn't that fun? It is fun. It's fun and it's funny because sometimes I don't know if you ever do this, but sometimes I catch myself creating this like story in my head about why something won't work. And then I'll go, hello, who's talking here? Be Mm -hmm. quiet. You know, because I realize it's just constructing a story and we do it so reflexively, we don't notice it, but you can change it in a heartbeat. I mean, you can just say, okay, I want a different story. You know, I don't want to go down that road, that road of worrying about things I have no control over. What can I do right now that is uplifting, life affirming? Is there someone I can call? I mean, there's just those little things that actually aren't so little in the scheme of life. And the stories usually aren't ours. You know, our soul knows that we are creators, that we are brilliant, that we are magnificent, that we can create whatever we want. And then society, family, school, somebody says to us, no, here's the real story. You're too dumb And We have to buy it, right? Right. So we get a chance when we recognize the stories we bought, you know, whether we created them or someone said them and we go, well, where is the proof that that's even true? You know, and why would someone say that to me? I start to think about, well, how did that limit, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes it's just their own fear or maybe they think they're helping or protecting, but you don't have to accept it. Exactly. I love that. So what happens when someone runs up against one of those fears and let's say they're in a coaching call with you and they're like, this is true. I really can't. How do you help them navigate that? Well, uh, some, it depends on them and their personality and um, how they like to communicate. So I really do customize. I adapt my style to be the most beneficial I can for another person's style. So if um, I knew them well, and we the relationship wasn't brand new, fresh. I basically would say, okay, here we are, convince me of that. And I would just play, um, I don't want to call it devil's advocate, but I would basically use more kind of a scientific questioning piece with them. Like, so if they said, well, this is how I know, I would just work kind of a scientific questioning piece with them. Like, so if they said, well, this is how I know, I would just say, okay, so can you tell me where that showed up for you? What evidence do you have that that's true? And then is that really true? Or, you know, I would just keep pulling at the threads to see what unravels. Because sometimes when you pull at the threads and you're not being mean about it, but all of a sudden people go, I don't have a good answer for that because I've just accepted it and never thought it through. So I just kind of gently... Um, walk with folks down that path. There are some folks I know well and who prefer a more abrupt kind of question. (laughs) And I've been known to say, well, stop it, you know, and just stop it. And my husband and I, before we we were married, this is way before we were even dating, was explaining something he was struggling with at the time. And I'd known him in a professional capacity and nonsense guy. And I'm thinking, okay, this does not make sense to me. It was a little sarcastic, but we weren't, we were friends. And I said, so uh, why do you do that? Well, I don't know. And I said, well, then just stop it. And I I didn't think anything more of it. Any, after that conversation, we went on and talked about other stuff, but it was quite a while later. He said, you actually saved me at that time. And I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. He says, 
you just said, stop it, knock it off. And he said, and I thought, yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> so <laughs> I can be really abrupt also, but you know, that we also had a long time business relationship. So nothing to lose there that I knew I wouldn't keep. Yeah. I think those are two really important things. The, the question, is it true? Is so valuable. And that's part of the Byron Katie work as well. You know, she's got her four questions. The first one, is it true? And then, the, and then the second one is, are you sure it's true? Right. <laughs> How do you know it's true? And, and I think just those two questions are so, so valuable. And I find it even like in clients who are setting up their pricing structure or, you know, deciding what to add to their programs. It's like, well, my clients won't like this. Are you sure? Yes. How, how do you know? How do you know it's true? Well, you know, and then they stop, right? And I think that's a question we can ask ourselves. Is this true? How do I know it's true? Do I really know it's true? Yep. And then I think the I, next question is, is it helpful? Yes. And I don't remember the fourth question. And I also love the idea of, well, then stop it. Like, if this is not, stop it. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's deeper and you've got blocks and ancestral stuff and all of that, that you need help from somebody. Well, you're right. This is not helpful. I'm going to stop it. I have these conversations with myself. So I, I do, I, I'll be doing dishes. My mom's like, are you talking to me? And I says, no, I'm just talking to myself because <laughs> it, it's not like a one and done. It's not like you get over one little obstacle and it never comes around with a different disguise on they come back and so i will have these same conversations with myself like sarah are you procrastinating on this no well it sure seems like you are no i'm not well how come it's not done yet well i'm not well what are you doing i'm just <laughs> putting it on and how is that different from procrastinating right or i'm waiting until you know like i'm waiting until well, if you're waiting until X, is there something you could do in the interim? Yes. Let's get it done. So, I mean, I'm not any better than anybody else, but I'm also not enmeshed in someone else's internal dialogue so I can hear it differently and help guide any better than anybody else. But I'm also not enmeshed in someone else's internal dialogue so I can hear it differently and help guide. Yes. I had a client who used to say, she needed me to be on the outside of her fish yes. to reflect it back at her. And yeah. I think that's the value of a really good coach. As we come to the end of our time, what's one bit of advice or inspiration you could give people? Whoa. Um, I don't want to be too lofty and theoretical. I will. One thing my mom used to say, and I hated it when I was younger because I was a teenager with hormones thinking the world is ending, but it has served me well. And that is um, there'll be another bus. So, you know, I'd be saying this is not the only opportunity you will have, or, you know, don't, don't stress over it once it's, you know, you can't control it. So there'll be another opportunity and look for it. Um, and I think that is, that goes hand in hand with take opportunities to try things, even when you're scared, because you don't know what you're able to do. And 
I've always thought of feeling a little bit nervous and scared is kind of an indication that I'm on the right path. Yes. You know, I'm, not, I'm reaching a bit further than I my grasp is right now. And so now that's its own reward for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. And if people want to get in touch with you, find out more about you, how would they do that? The easiest way is just to go to my website, sarahbox.com, you know, www, all that stuff. Um, or you can email me at sarah at sarahbox, at sarah at sarahbox.com. Two X's. Two I was going to say. One, yes. X, one X is going to go right into Nowhereville. Um, but Sarah with an H at sarahbox2x's.com will get to me. And there's a contact um, box on my website and you can leave a, uh, a speak pipe voicemail if you want to. But we'd love to have people connect with us. We share information on the podcast and on blogs. And um, that's also the place where you would find about upcoming things that we're doing challenges and ways to help get yourself going. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I hope it was fun for you. It was fun for me. It was really fun to reconnect with you, Julie. And I love what you're doing. So I, I so appreciate being a guest on your show. Ah, uh, Thank you. And I would love to hear from everybody out there what it is your, so please share that with us and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe and leave us a review to get more great episodes for empowering your business the feminine way. And join our community on Facebook at Feminine Marketing Magic for Soul-Centered Women Entrepreneurs, where we support each other, celebrate, and brag with regular... You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.